Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI powered all star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at Shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Are you ready for a brand new season? It is kicking off tomorrow as I record this. Friday night away from home at Selhurst Park against Crystal Palace. It's on. It is on. I know we've had some difficult times there in the recent past, but we've made some good additions to the squad. Hopefully we've learned our lessons and we are ready to go and ready to deal with the atmosphere, the way Palace are going to play. And it would be nice, would it not, to kick off a brand new season with a win and three points? I don't think that's asking too much to be honest. Got a bit of a show for you today. Rather than one guest, we've got five guests. Short interviews coming up with Andrew Allen, Amy Lawrence, Art DeRocher, Clive Palmer, and Dara O'Brien. We're going to talk to all of them about the new season, their hopes, expectations, etc., etc. That is all to come. If you haven't already uh, had a chance to listen, there is also a Premier League preview podcast of sorts, the usual rambling chat with Ken Early of Second Captains. That's available in your podcast feed right now, so you can uh, you can check that one out if you haven't had a chance to do that already. We are also going to be doing a podcast series on the All or Nothing documentary, which was released this week. The first three episodes are out. Uh, I've watched all three. I've got some thoughts on those, but we'll keep those for maybe the Arscast Extra on Monday in a small way. But over the weekend, we'll be recording the first episode for Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Arsblog. Myself and Phil Costa will be looking back on the first three episodes of All or Nothing. And there was a quite a funny little bit during the week to promote the show 
uh, it was the Arsenal players doing this kind of uh, lip-reading game. There was Martin Odegaard, um, Aaron Ramsdale, Bakayo Saka and Emile Smith-Rowe. They have the headphones on and they're each trying to lip-read the um, the thing that the other person is saying. It could be just a random word or something to do with Arsenal. And Bakayo Saka's was just unbelievably endearing. And <laughs> this is just a small clip from it because when he couldn't figure it out, he kept making these like strange noises like, hmm? and uh, here, here's a few little snippets of what I mean. Hi, Barry. Hi, Barry. <laughs> Hi, Barry. <laughs> Stadium. The name's the <laughs> easiest, huh? Emma Radakani. <laughs> trick. Vieira. What? Oh my days. Gunnosaurus. Hmm? Gunnosaurus. Hmm? And more than a few people asked me if I could make a jingle out of some of that. So I did. And this is going to be the theme song for our All or Nothing podcast series. But you get first listen right here. Ah! What? What? Hmm? What? What? Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh. What? What? Mm-hmm. 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 What? Uh. What? What? Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh my days. Right. <laughs> Let's get on with today's show and my first guest talk about the new season is Andrew Allen. Hello, Andrew. Hello. <laughs> you were looking confused. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you on the camera here. Just so you went, just looking at something I was going, is someone breaking into his house? No, but, <laughs> do you know what's going on is I'm, I've got you set up on the laptop and then I've got all my actual work work sitting on another computer, but something just came in at that exact moment. Right. And I just turned around and looked away from you. So oh, that's apologies. fine. That was very no, that's, that's no problem at all. We're looking ahead to a brand new season, 22-23, Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, how are you feeling about um, what lies ahead and what's happened this summer so far? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I think if you'd said to me at the end of last season that – we'd have done the business that we've done at this point before the first game. I'd have been pretty, yeah, sort of put double thumbs up for that. And um, I think there's still a couple of bits and bobs to to do, but Mm. I'm very pleased with the guys that they brought in. Um, You know, we've done necessary business in, in, in Gabriel Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, looks fantastic. Preseason has been pretty spectacular. A couple of other solid signings by the looks of things, you know, Turner and stuff. I mean, I don't need to go through them all. I mean, you know, everybody knows who they are. But, Mm. you know, I'm really curious about Fabio Vieira, who we haven't had a chance to to have a look at yet. Um, You know, we've splashed big cash, came out of the blue. um, And he's someone who, yeah, I'm just really, really excited to to get to know. If he's anywhere near as good as everyone's made out, then we we may well have a real player on our hands. Yeah, we don't quite know where he's going to play because when when he signed, you're looking at a left-footed attacking player going, hmm, he could easily fill in for Bukayo Saka. But then, of course, he could fill in for Martin Odegaard. (laughs) Full of interruptions today. He could fill in for Martin Odegaard. He could play in that mythical left eight space as well um so yeah he is he's sort of the the dark horse if you like because we've seen Zinchenko we've seen Gabriel Jesus and we haven't we haven't yet seen him in any substantive way 
Yeah, I mean, it's a shame for him really to miss out on a on preseason because obviously we know how important that period can be. Um, I think it's going to be kind of quite a quite a thing to be thrown straight into a Premier League match, having not had any uh, experience whatsoever. So I kind of at this point expect him to maybe get a few minutes off the bench here and there if he gets fit in time, and then probably start slightly behind everybody else but getting proper game time in maybe the League Cup and the Europa League. But, mm. I mean, let's see how it plays out. I mean, you know, he hasn't been able to get on the pitch at all so far, so I don't know how much catching up he's got to do. What is the the one thing, if I could ask you to pick one thing that you're looking forward to most in this new season, what would that be? Uh, more goals. Seeing a striker inside the 18-yard box not trundling around on the halfway line. Uh, but no, d- definitely, definitely more goals. I mean, that has been a major issue for the last few years. So I'm expecting the attackers to score more, but I'm also expecting the midfield guys to to, to step things up a bit. I mean, we saw, I think last season, Erdegaard, Saka, Smith-Rowe scored about 30 goals between them, which is, you know, Mm. pretty pretty good um they'd only grab uh, i think they'd only contributed eight the year before so we've seen a marked step up from them it's really about whether they can go to the next level obviously we've got martinelli who we you know we're all hoping is gonna explode and he looks really really motivated alongside jesus um there's pace there there's technical quality i mean there's a lot to be excited about um you know, at the very top of the field and just behind them. So more goals, really. I mean, it's just, you know, you go to football to celebrate goals and for Mm. those moments of joy. And we've been not starved exactly, but we definitely haven't had what we used to have under Arsene Wenger. So you're looking forward to more ball hitting the back of the net than a four-minute wait while VAR tries to figure out a way to disallow the goal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing I'm looking forward to is if you score more goals, there's a fairly high chance that you might win games more comfortably. Yeah. And quite frankly, the last few yeah. years, there has been far too much tension going into the last five minutes of matches where we've been clinging on to one goal. So mm. if we can get to a point where we're able to kill off some games, doesn't have, I'm not expecting us to kind of beat everybody you know, easily every week, but we need to get to a point where we're winning some games a bit more comfortably so that actually we can rest some players, save them, take yeah. them out of the firing line. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that, hopefully. But hopefully, you know, yeah. wishful thinking, the Premier League is ridiculously competitive. Yeah. For the sake of all our blood pressure, it would be great. Like those moments at the end of the Aston Villa game, you know, they're, they're amazing, aren't they? But they're also, until that point, it's sort of like going to the dentist and you're waiting for oh. it to hurt and it doesn't. And you come out of the dentist going, I'm such a grown up. I went to the dentist, you know, it's brilliant. <laughs> and, you know, but while you're in the chair, it's not much fun at all. So, yeah, I know what you mean. I no. know what you mean on that one. Okay. Um, you mentioned maybe things still to do in the transfer market. What would you like to see happen between now and the the end of the window, leaving aside the fairly obvious let's get rid of some guys uh, discussion, which I don't think we need to have because we all know that that has to happen. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I really wouldn't be opposed to us finding some lanky bloke uh, to play up top as an option. Um, I don't know whether it has to be, it doesn't have to be a permanent signing. I'd happily find someone on loan. I know it all sounds very Sam Allardyce, but, <laughs> you know, we're going into 
um, a season where you're allowed five substitutes, why not have someone on the bench who can give you an option as a bit of a Hail Mary just in case you are losing games or you're looking for, to do something different against a different type of opponent who's been mm. strangling you in other ways? I just I just think we we could do with another option up front. I'm you know, if Ballingan goes on loan, which I think he may well have done by the time this goes out, um and Ketia and Jesus is two options, Martinelli potentially another Yes, we could start playing loads of midfielders up top, but I'm just thinking about a sort of plan B. It sounds very retro, but yeah. you know they're in fashion. Haaland, Diaz, Lewandowski. Um, you know, even AC Milan recently had Giroud and Ibrahimovic playing up top for them at times. So, you know, big bastards are in fashion. So let's go get some. All right, a or big A1, yeah, uh, yeah. Levels of handsome yet to be uh, decided when it comes to the big, uh, the big guy up front. But yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. And look, I know that there are going to be a range of answers here. You know, depending on midfield, wide forward, that kind of stuff. But I do wonder. It's just one of those things in the back of my mind. Where is it like? Is it just not quite enough? you know, to have two centre forwards, um, you know, over the course of Premier League and and Europa League season, which we hope, of course, is going to go the distance or at least a long way into the the knockout rounds. Let me ask you, who you think is going to be Arsenal's player of the season? Martin Odegaard. Ooh, Um, I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, I I just feel like with the captaincy and with Jesus ahead of him, there's a real opportunity for him to kind of have a an Ozil Fabregas season, you know, mm. uh, you know, one of those ones where he just sort of seems to take games by the scruff of the neck. He can create opportunities. I think we've seen enough for him to know that the quality is there. A lot of what he's done has been in the kind of pre-assist arena, but I genuinely expect him to start hitting those headline numbers this season. Um, I just think he's a fabulous player to watch. I think, He's growing in um, stature at Arsenal. He's got 18 months of the Premier League under his belt. Like I think he's just he's just ripe to to be an absolute star this year, and I uh, I'd like nothing more because I mean he just seems like a genuinely nice bloke as well. Yeah, I mean, if you are Martin Odegaard and you've now got Martinelli playing off Jesus with Saka, with Smith Rowe, maybe with Vieira somewhere in there as well. Like, that's got to be fairly tantalizing stuff. You know, to have a forward ahead of you who makes runs is, you know, for a player with his kind of craft and his vision is going to be, I think, a step forward or something different for him anyway. Because um, he, you know, in some ways might have been stymied a little bit by the the center forwards we had for a period last season. And I think, I think the fact that we're going to have so many quality technical players on the pitch at any one time... Mm. You know, you're hoping to cause opponents headaches all over the pitch, and I think that might give him a little bit of extra room, maybe to 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 to, to do what he does. I think maybe we saw last year he suffered uh, in the final weeks of the season when the the Xhaka party combo wasn't together. Mm. So he does need a bit of solidity behind him because I think you know they're the ones who look for him with the pass. So. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how things go on that front. But you know, I I I genuinely think that he's got the the technical quality, and you know, I think being given the armband at twenty three when you've only been in a club for eighteen months is a huge call by Arteta. I think it's the right call. Mm. I think he's a guy who looks super settled at Arsenal, really low fuss. You know, he's not the type of guy who's 
looking to make headlines. In some respects, he's a little boring, but I kind of, I kind of respect that. You know, I like that he's he's dry, he's straight, he's all about the game. Right, mm. it's not about anything else. He's all about the game. All right. Finally, um, you know the the Europa League, any cup competition you're in, you want to win it. And uh, you know, I would like to see Arsenal go far. But I think how we perform in the Premier League is how people are going to judge the season. Like, to be fair, we could finish fifth again or sixth and win the Europa League and one thing will offset the other, of course, because we get Champions League football and win a European trophy and what fun that would be. But when it comes to the Premier League, what are your expectations for the season ahead? Where do you think it's realistic for Arsenal fans to draw a line on what would be considered a good season and maybe not such a good season? I think I think if you can get third, that's basically the best of the rest. And if you fall below fourth, then then there's going to have to be questions because it's it's you know this as Edu said is the season that everybody at the club has you know ringed in the calendar as the we've got to do it mm. year. And in this case, we've got to do it is qualify for the Champions League. Um, so it has to it has to be fourth this year, and I say that knowing full well, looking around at the competition and saying, well, two places are effectively not up for grabs because I'm almost certain that Liverpool and Manchester City will will rock the first and second place, and then it's it's well, are, are Chelsea going to be good enough? I think I trust in Tuchel to turn things around, even if right now the squad looks a bit weird and and you know mm. lopsided. Spurs, we know, are stronger than they were last year. Conte's still there, which is a pain in the ass, but you kind of hope that he might have a self-destruct moment. Yeah. United, you expect to be better because Ten Hag has some kind of idea of how to play football, whereas I don't think Solskjaer did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be incredible. I think there'll be points taken off uh, people all over the place by other clubs as well. Newcastle, West Ham, I think you know, mm. Leicester has still got something in the tank. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be super tense, but we have to be shooting for fourth. And actually, if we can keep players fit, I think it's realistic. I actually genuinely think it's realistic because we've got more goals in the team. We've strengthened at the back with Saliba and Zinchenko. Mm. Um, I think across the board, all of the players and the fact that they are more attuned to Arteta's playing philosophy, that all stands us in good stead. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, this is the most positive I've been in quite a while. Yeah, if you can get to fifth with the flaws that we had in the team last season. Quite. And then you address those issues in the transfer market, and there may well still be more to come before the end of the window, before the end of August. I'm with you. I do think, like, fourth minimum, you know, getting back into the Champions League is is where we need to go. Context might matter because let, let's say you do get to the final stages of the, of the Europa League and there might be an element of prioritization depending on where we are in the league. But, you know, it's Champions League, not or bust, but I do think that that should be the minimum requirement for this squad, for the manager, for the players and for the money that we spent. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one with the Europa League because I think so long as you avoid a terrible draw from the teams who drop out of the Champions League. Olympiacos. There's there's no one yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no one stronger in the in the competition than us mm. on, on on paper, I don't think. You know, even a side like Roma who are coming into it off the back of winning the, the conference league, you know, I'm I'm not looking at any of the Spanish teams other the uh, the Italian sides uh, that qualified by the league or anything like that. I just we go into that competition as definitely one of the favorites. Now 
I don't know who's going to drop out of the Champions League, but we know that there's a threat there and we've lost to a team who's done that before in um, Atletico Madrid. So, mm. um, But it's definitely a chance, better chance of winning that than we have of winning the League Cup or the FA Cup, to be honest, these days, because you know there's, there's, far, more, there's far more strength than the domestic scene. All right. Well, look, we will obviously see how it all plays out. We'll keep fingers crossed. Uh, hope those uh, optimistic uh, sensations are, are played out across the season. Andrew, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you very much. See you later. Next up, it is always a pleasure to welcome back Amy Lawrence. Hi, Amy. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Are you recharged, revitalized, ready to go for a new season? Uh, None of the above, but looking forward to it nonetheless. (laughs) So tell me this, what is, based on everything that's happened so far this summer, et cetera, et cetera, what's the one thing you're looking forward to most about the new new season? I'm really looking forward to some genuine speed and goal threat, (laughs) if that's uh, not putting too much pressure on uh, Gabriel Jesus' arrival. Yeah. I think we have been starved of that sort of um, what, you know, what I used to love most in many ways about the, the, the old Wenger ball was when there was a kind of multiple threat on the attack. Um, and, I, and I think when everybody, on a good day, when mm. everybody's firing, uh, there's obviously been hints in pre-season of the intentions and that kind of swarm feeling of like a front four or maybe even one or two more actually kind of like bombing forward on mass, trying to show off their technical wares. And um, with that real hunger, I think for, for creating and scoring goals. Um, one of the kind of side issues, if you like, of, of, of the aspirations with, with Jesus is not just what he brings as an individual for himself, but what he brings to everyone else. And, mm. Uh, you know, what more can you get from those around him if they've got a kind of a, a real dynamo? Um, and just that little tiny bit of uh, of kind of first-hand pre-season action at the Emirates, uh, not having been in America or whatever, the first sort of mm. eyeballs sight as such that I had of... of uh, of Jesus and his impact was was in the Emirates Cup. And there was just this little moment where, slightly, not as a player, but in terms of just that kind of slightly dervish-like dynamism mm. of what Alexis Sanchez could bring. You know, yeah. that sort of high-energy, like, relentlessness. Um, and in a way, we have... Uh, Arsenal haven't really had that since Alexis. Yeah in the same way and it's a uh, it you know lots of things we can look forward to just that sort of heightened excitement factor in attack yeah hopefully we'll, a bit more speed and zip about it all sure and the signings we've made obviously gabriel jesus alexander zinchenko are the two um most high profile ones fabio vieira's come in as well um i mean do you see these signings as um, transformational is not maybe the right word. I think Jesus is just 
like for like as a swap. But well, what they bring in terms of technical quality, what they bring in terms of mentality, certainly the two who've come from Manchester City who, you know, are not going to come and just let their standards slip. Um, that's not the way they work. And I think we know Mikel Arteta would not let that happen anyway. But but that sort of change in mentality, do you think that can transmit itself in particular to some of the the, the players that we have the most hope for, you know, when you think of Bakayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, uh, Martin Odegaard, of course, new captain, um, Emile Smith-Rowe, they're still really quite young. And just to have that little bit of extra alongside them, like you were saying about what Gabriel Jesus might do for others, but just those signings in particular and, and how we might play next season because of what they can do. Look, I think exactly. And there's been a sort of... Uh uplift i guess mm. about this window and if you look at kind of if you try and make a kind of timeline of the last say five summer windows or something like that and the the kind of player that has come in in those times obviously on Aubameyang came that was a really significant signing um but otherwise you do see you know the signings you get often are kind of I won't quite say the ones you deserve that's not entirely fair but the ones that reflect sort of where you're at mm. Because it's very hard to make that jump, uh, you know, like from gear one to gear five, if you like. Yeah. Uh, even if you've got pots of money, like Newcastle, it's still quite difficult. They're not suddenly going out and and purchasing the best players in the world, like overnight. It just doesn't really work that way very often. Um, but you have seen a kind of gradual change. And obviously last summer was... Um, the, the message was pretty clear in the kind of player that was coming in there, the, the, the young, hungry, um, eager to improve and learn and, and make an impact type of a player. And I think the club were quite clear about what they wanted from this summer and what they wanted was upgrade time, you know, mm. not necessarily more of the same, but next level players or certainly in terms of the package, uh, if not necessarily, the, you know, just the end product, but the 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 mentality and experience and know-how and what they will bring to a, you know, to the whole place yeah. every day, not just on yeah. the pitch for the 90 odd minutes of a match. So it's pretty clear with those two in particular from Man City that, that, that addresses that kind of desire to have someone who raises the standards, someone that the others will look at in terms of the way they conduct themselves every day and say, wow, you know, yeah. and, and you get the impression from what people have said that that that's already been going on, that kind of feeling. Um, just a word about Vieira. Uh, he could be the kind of the secret surprise, if you like, because he's obviously younger again. But the, the, the what you hear about him as well is that he's for a, quite a sort of, let's say he's quite a sort of skinny waif-like kind of physically, but very big on the personality front um, okay. and has made an impact already then, even though he's young and he hasn't even played. Yeah. But I think they have quite high hopes that when he gets to um, make an impression that it will be a pretty meaningful one as well. And we haven't talked about Saliba either yet, yeah. but <laughs> clearly he brings massive things yeah. um, in different ways. So, yeah, I think these are just all new types of influences on the group. Yeah. Uh, which is which is quite exciting. If it works well, it's going to be, you know, Midas yeah. touch stuff. And if it's trickier than everybody hopes, then, you know, 
just have to sit down and work it out. Yeah. I don't think you can fault the plan, you know? I mean, the plan, no, the strategy is good. Um, so, you know, for the first time, it's coherent and, and everything else. Um, probably still confusing Gary Neville, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> no, the interesting thing as well just is that, you know, very seldom does any club have a 100% of course, record when yeah. it comes to transfers. Yeah. You know, Liverpool and Man City are pretty close in recent years. They don't make that many mistakes. Mm. But, you know, it's... It, you can only look at Chelsea with Lukaku or Timo Werner, like even the top, you know, clubs with all the money in the world, you know, don't have a hundred percent success rate. And if you look at last season, the incomings were, you know, everyone was, was like, what's happening here. And obviously some of them have been tremendous. Mm. Um, but you know, the, one or two others didn't quite hit the jackpot yet. So of the ones that have come in, are they all going to be phenomenal successes? Well, that would be incredible. But yeah. the law of averages suggests that maybe one or two don't do quite sure. what everyone hopes. If there was something else you'd like to see happen uh, in the transfer market before the end of the window, and I'm talking here about um, an incoming deal because mm -hmm. um, the outgoings, I think, are going to run until the end of the window and there's some players who are difficult to move, as we know. But if there was one more thing that you would like to see happen, or even two more things that you would like oh, to see happen, I'm glad happen. you said two. Yeah, I was yeah. really torn there with one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that the, uh, the the question of depth and alternatives at sort of centre mid and centre forward are for me. I, I, if I had to choose one, I'm really struggling because you can make a hugely convincing case for mm. wanting to have a you know a really brilliant dominant central midfielder for if it's needed to have someone come in there and have an impact straight away and, and, and control games. And I think that there's a kind of surreal reliability almost on Gabriel Jesus before he's even kicked yeah, yeah, a yeah. ball competitively for Arsenal. But a lot I, of eggs you know, in his basket. already worried about him getting yeah. injured. And uh, I think that it would do, uh, given the, you know, wanting to be competitive on, you know, quite a few fronts this season uh another you know i think it's light centre forward wise to just have jesus with anketia as as the backup i'd love to see another centre forward who you can you know you've got mm. five subs now you can throw on change things about maybe has some different qualities but could also fill in and be the main man um and have something about him mm. maybe physically as well that'd yeah. be my dream all right who would be your pick for player of the season Hmm. Um, it, again, it seems odd to pick someone who, when you haven't really seen them play yet properly, but it's hard to look much beyond Jesus at the moment yeah. just because he probably feels the most transformative signing in that he brings a bunch of stuff that Arsenal didn't have before elsewhere in the squad. So... Um, that you know, you know that if he's if he's the main man, it's going to be a good season. Yeah. That probably means he's going to be getting twenty twenty five goals a season and making loads more, uh, and that would only be great. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's hard to look beyond your star striker signing as the mm. as the player of the season. But you know, there are periods last year when you know maybe it spoke to some of the deficiencies we have. But you know, you could look at someone like Tommy Asu, the way he came in. You mm. go, this guy's making a good uh, uh, claim for player of the season. Of course, he has to stay fit, and hopefully, he yeah. stays fit. But I think one of the interesting things as well is just how defensively solid we look as well. You know, yeah. if you get 
if you get Tierney and Tommy Asu back, and then you're adding uh, Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel, um, Zinchenko, uh, in in that mix with Rob Holding capable of filling in as well, um, it does it does feel strong back there, doesn't it? A, a bit less of the sort of um, rely, reliance on Cedric. Maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we saw that. Oh, it, it is a it is a, it is a step up, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, having different kinds of options. Um, I mean, it it could be an entirely different conversation after the first game of the season because Palace is going to test that new defensive yeah. uh, sort of s- strength uh, quite, you know, quite uh, scarily probably. Yeah. Um, if, if Arsenal come through that relatively unscathed, then I think everyone's entitled to go, right, okay, this is looking really interesting. But certainly in terms of depth, it's a lot more encouraging. Yeah. Okay, Final question then, what what is a realistic expectation for this season from an Arsenal perspective? You know, given that we finished fifth, um, just a point off fourth with the flaws that we had, with the players missing, with the, you know, a period where we didn't really have a centre forward who was scoring goals, with many of those things addressed, you know, what do you think is a realistic expectation for the season ahead? Well, I think that the, the kind of, the hopes for last season were Europe, which very obviously mm. meant acceptance that Europa League was perfectly acceptable, which is what Arsenal ended up with, and hoping for a cup. And I think you have to upgrade that to Champions League and hoping for a cup. Um, if Arsenal really, with what they've done, if things go well and if the feel-good factor and the buzz keeps continuing growing, have to probably be looking at that third spot and saying we want to make that ours. So, it, you know, if you're being really ambitious, you're just you're not just trying to get in the Champions League. Yeah, you're yeah. actually trying to say, we want to be the next best after Man City and Liverpool. It's just too much of a jump to imagine, barring really freakish stuff happening, which mm. could happen in this yeah, weird yeah. World Cup year, that there's anything more than that going to be up for grabs because they do look so advanced, um, the top two. But I don't see why Arsenal shouldn't be aiming for that third spot. I think that that would be amazing, but doable. Yeah. I mean, that's what Edu was saying. And a, Europa, a good run in the Europa League yeah. uh, also would be really welcome. And I think if, you know, with the kind of team at Arsenal's disposal now, if they get to a final, you'd like to think they're in a good position to give anyone a game. Yeah. I mean, that's what Edu was saying in the, uh, the, the stuff he did last week. You know, that like, we know that Man, Man City and Liverpool are way ahead, but... At the same time, we can't really just sort of accept that. You have to try at least and be ambitious and, and aim high. So, fingers crossed. I'd love, I'd love to see some wins against. Yeah, that yeah. Like we owe Man City one, don't we? We owe Liverpool one at some yeah. point. You know those kind of games, which, which um, demonstrate. Like I think even the game against Man City last season on New Year's Day didn't end the way we wanted to, and and everything else. But the performance was so encouraging because of the way we played, um, you know, against the team that went on to win the title. Um, you know, at the end of the day, people might say, well, you didn't win, so who cares? But, you know, played with 10 men for a lot of it and only lost to a, a goal late on. I mean, I think just showing that the gap is closing in those individual games would be would be really encouraging as well. Bring it on. Yeah. All right. We will see what happens. It's all ahead of us. Amy, thank you very much. Cheers. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. All right, with me now from The Athletic, it's Art Roche. Hi, Art. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me again. Hope everyone that's listening is doing well, too. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. How's your summer been? Are you are you ready to go again? The madness is upon us once more? <laughs> yeah, I was actually just thinking today, um, I'm not sure how much more of summer I can take. I just want... <laughs> You know, when you get into that period where you're just a few days away, you just want it to get over with. Um, mm. I'm in that kind of zone now. I just want the season to start and the actual football to, to get here. So, um, yeah, I, I'm ready for the new season. I yeah. think. I'm looking forward to that bit where I go, holy shit, like there's only 10 games left. What the fuck? <laughs> and you're like... It only felt like it kicked off yesterday. But look, that's that's down the road a little bit. So look, let me ask you this question first. What are you looking forward to most about the new season from an Arsenal perspective? Um, I think just a team that looks slightly different than they did last year. Obviously, everybody knows kind of the work that was put into place in terms of style of play, but it's also very clear where improvements were needed. And mm. I think... Uh, throughout preseason, everybody's been very impressed by Gabriel Jesus, and I think just him giving Arsenal a very different type of um, solution, I guess you'd call it, up top. Someone who's actually able to run both with and without the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to just see how how that looks in actual games, in Premier League games, and um, how players also uh, respond off the back of that. I, I just that I guess that is what I'm 
looking forward to most, how he actually changes Arsenal in the Premier League. Yeah, it's been, it's been so interesting to listen to, you know, and we heard about uh, Gabriel Jesus being described as the best pressing forward in the world and Pep Guardiola talking about him being the best forward defender that he's ever seen. I mean, do you uh, do you envisage, and I'm sure many people do, but like slight tactical shifts in the way that Arsenal play next season because they have a player in that key position to do something different that, you know, to be fair, we haven't had uh, as a football club for a long time. We've had good forwards, but nobody of that kind of profile. Yeah, I think the the main thing, and I've kind of banged on about it all summer, is just having variation across mm. the pitch. Um, you saw it last year with Smith Rowe and Martinelli on the left, where I think, yeah, last year that was probably the only area on the pitch Arsenal had proper competition mm-hmm. um, and different types of profiles to attack certain games with. Whereas going into this season, you've got Jesus and then Ketty up front who are a little bit different in the way they, they approach things. And I think, yes, you can play either or as a one player or a lone striker up top, um, but you could possibly play them together as well. And I think having players who are not just in one box where you say, okay, I know exactly how this guy's going to play. Yeah, I, I think um, it just opens up a lot of doors. And I think that that's true for Arsenal across the pitch now. So you look at left back as well with um, Zinchenko as Tierney's competition. And then you, you look um, at center back as well with William Saliba and Ben White, their situation now and what that does for the whole dynamic of, uh, how the team sets up. And I think you're in uh, a more interesting place mm. um, than than you were last year. I think most people would um, agree that the summer business has been pretty good so far. The important positions, well, most of the important positions have been uh, filled. You know, with Tavares going, we had to bring in a left back or, well, a left back coming in allowed Tavares to leave, I should say. Gabriel Jesus, we needed a, a centre forward. Eddie Nketiah has... Uh, stepped up and been, in inverted commas, promoted to that number two position. You mentioned William Saliba. He's back. We brought in Fabio Vieira. But is there or are there things that you would still like to see Arsenal do from an incoming perspective before the end of of the window? (laughs) That's the key word, because before you said that, I was going to say I would like to see some outgoings. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're just taking it as red that like these guys, they're just waiting around, waiting for someone to come out, drive. They're standing inside of the road with their thumb out, waiting for someone to come and pick them up. And that's that's it. So really, I'm only interested in what what more you want. How greedy are you? For new for new players, yeah. To be fair, I, I know a lot of people see another wide player as a priority. I mm-hmm. I personally don't see that as the number one priority, but just because um, we haven't seen Fabio Vieira pl- play yet, and um, I know he broke into Porto's first team as a wide player playing off the right in a four four two. Obviously, it's a little bit different. And he wouldn't be the first choice, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, over Bukayo Saka. But it's that variability again. I just would like to see a different kind of option there. So in terms of incomings, I'd probably, I, I wouldn't mind another another central midfielder in that kind of number eight mould. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like a, say, 
someone to kind of take up the mantle from Granite Xhaka, kind of. Okay. Um, but if that happens, I don't know. I, I just feel like um, the the big, the major plus point is Arsenal aren't going into the first week of the season with loads of holes in their squad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess they're lucky for, for that being the case. Yeah, we've had to deal with that you know, the start of seasons before, you know, you remember the, the summer we signed Mesut Ozil and, and I think the only signing we'd made was Matthew Flamini and we lost <laughs> the first game and of the season. Viviano as well. Oh yes, Emiliano <laughs> Viviano, who never played a single minute for the club. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, you can see clearly that there isn't a, a, an issue. There are no big holes in the squad, you know, but I think there are perhaps one or two places where you could, you could add a bit more quality. Um, who's your shout for player of the season? Who do you think is going to rock our world? I'll give two because okay. the first one's going to be really obvious and it's, it's Gabriel Jesus. I just okay, feel yeah. like we can see already he's completely different from Lacazette up top. He's he, he can, I think he can transform the way Arsenal play mm -hmm. um, from a team who were very reliant on their wide players last year to a team who just have somebody <laughs> up top that they can they can rely on. So he's my, I guess, obvious answer. And I guess this, the second shout maybe ties into it a little bit, but I think Martin Erdegaard may step up another gear mm. this season because when you look at him last year, when he finally kind of got into his groove... Um, he managed to, I believe he was in the top five for, of the Premier League rankings for key passes and shot creation uh, alongside Bukayo Saka as well. Um, and I think just having someone who's more clinical around him, but also I guess that would probably breed a bit more confidence in himself. Mm. Um, hopefully, I think you can hopefully see yeah, him taking a few more strides. And I guess you'd expect that as well with him being given um, the captain's armband. So he's my my other shout um, for player of the season. Yeah, I mean, he got got some goals last season. He got a goal as well, obviously, in um, the game against Chelsea too. And that ability to arrive in the box is something I think he's worked on um, quite a bit since he arrived here. And I remember reading an interview last year when he was talking about, you know, himself and Arteta were talking about, you know, what more can he do? And he can deliver and he's obviously got the craft to pick a pass and, and to provide the assists, but, but arriving in the box, there was a good chance actually the other day as well. Wasn't there in the Sevilla game where could have been Zinchenko played it across and he, he shot over from the edge of the box, but those kinds of chances. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at those guys um, to give us, to give us more, as you say, variability. And I do think the movement and the, the more, the less static you are, the more difficult it is for defenses yeah. um, to play against you. And therefore, players like Odegaard might get more chances. Yeah, I think you saw it very early on for um, Saka's penalty against yeah. Sevilla, where you just see with Zinchenko at left back, he, he was under pressure and he was bringing the ball out, but he was very calm. He was very patient, found Odegaard in the centre, who... Again, could have, he had a lot of time, I think, a mm. lot of time to think, but he's still very patient and picked the right option. And I think when you see players of that technical level um, who not only have the technique, but also the vision and uh, execution, 
you just feel like, okay, you can see what's happening, but now you've just got to have, yeah, a bit more, I guess, movement um, going forward. So Because there was improvements made last year in terms of creativity, mm. um, especially in those central areas, I think, uh, Saka and Odegaard in particular, but you kind of want to see that off both both sides and through the middle as well. So, sure. um, yeah, I'm quite interested to see how that goes because and I, I, I mention this quite a lot, of, <laughs> but um, when you think of the early Emirates um, kind of days, you had, you had wide players playing or central players playing out wide mm. all the time. And you didn't, you couldn't predict where they were going to pop up on the pitch. So I, I just want to see that at some points during the season as well. Sure. All, all the number 10s playing in different <laughs> yeah. positions. Exactly. I know where you're coming from. All right. Finally, what are the, uh, the expectations that you have for the season? And what would you say is a realistic expectation for Arsenal uh, going into I this think, new campaign? I think to both of those questions, it's top four. Hmm. Um, and I don't think anyone would see that as unrealistic considering if you look at what happened last season, um, <laughs> two points off fourth. I know teams have strengthened as have Arsenal, but I just feel like there is now a, a, at least a base level of quality that wasn't there last year. Um, and I feel like the expectation going into this season should be um, to break into that top four. Um, so yeah, I don't feel like it's too much of an ask and mm. that's where I'd kind of set my expectation. I don't think there's too much to add, to be fair. What about <laughs> what about the Europa League in tandem with that? I mean, is is does that con- concern you? You know, if you go deep into the Europa League and let's say you're in a scrap for the top four, I suppose some will say you might have to prioritise one over the other or, you know, depending on, on what lies ahead. But, I mean, is it realistic for Arsenal to uh, compete for the top four, to end up in the top four and go deep into the Europa League? I won't lie. I haven't thought that far ahead in terms of the Europa League. <laughs> um, I think see how you go in the groups, see how the draw is, and then go from there. Because I, I just feel like thinking that far ahead for Europa League, I just, I, okay. I just can't do it. I just okay. don't have the energy to do it. <laughs> it's uh, a- but realistically, I, I do feel like at least semi-final should be the aim for Europa League. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you, you take it from there. But in all honesty, I haven't, I haven't thought about the Europa League too much. Okay, you're just gonna, you know, cross that bridge when you come to it. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, hopefully we get across that bridge and the Premier League bridge as well. Great to talk to you, Art. We'll do it again, hopefully, during the season. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you very much. All right, with me now on the Arsecast from the Arsenal Vision Podcast and beyond, it's Clive Palmer. Hello, Clive. Hello, hello. Beyond. I like beyond, that. Yeah, like <laughs> space, maybe. I don't know. Captain Clive of the Starship Arsenal. Um, how are you? How are you? How are you shaping up for the new season? Are you looking forward to this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, you know me. I get excited about anything. We, 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 can, play, we can play the game over the local park. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going in over the top. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let's be honest, right? The preseason has been quite interesting, hasn't it? Mm. You know, I, I'm I'm not somebody that ignores preseason. I'm always, I always overreact in preseason. <laughs> but this season, <laughs> this preseason, I've been worse than ever. I, I'm, but I honestly feel I'm not alone. 
I honestly feel there are people thinking, hold on a minute, there's some different things here. And yeah. there are lots of different things happening on the pitch if you're looking. Right? Yeah. So what is the what is the one thing you're looking forward to most about this season? The many things that you're excited about. If there's one thing in particular, what would it be? The maturing of the team. Right. So we all knew what was happening last year. We all knew the plan, apart from one prominent person on Sky Sports. We all <laughs> knew the plan. And and we all knew that we're doing quite well, but there's a worry we could derail because we're quite young. Mm. Extremely young. And and so looking at the maturing of the team, so emotionally and physically, Andrew, you know, and I I went to the game at the weekend and I saw a physical development in a number of players. And I thought, okay, this is really interesting. Who who are those players? Do you mind me asking? Who who did you well, spot? I tell you what, Granite Shaka looks amazing, <laughs> honestly. And we underestimate his physical you know, shape. We always see his things he can't do. Odegaard different, Saka different, completely different. Jesus, they're trying to look like him. Mm. He's got a increased physicality and agility and speed and intensity in the challenge. And they just look different. Ben White, is, I said, he's like he's almost like he's playing on trial. He, he's just running around like a madman, you know. And, mm. and with all this going on, you just got Saliba sitting there in the middle of the defence with a cigar on, just waiting <laughs> for things to happen. And all these people ahead just buzzing around. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, um, but the intensity of the front four was really, it stood out. But their physical shape, I think, has really matured. And that's what really stood out to me. All right. Between now and the end of the window, um, leaving aside the obvious, you know, we've got to get rid of some players, what else would you like to see Arsenal do from an incoming perspective? See, I may I may be in the minority here because I feel we can develop and move into centre midfield. So there's a, you know, we don't really know what the area is yet. Mm. Some people, some people may do. I don't. I will soon know when I see him in the shirt and the shorts, and see how he deals with the intensity of the league to find out his best position. Mm. Right. So, um, I look at centre midfield. I think you know what? If we had to, we could bring Odegaard back. You know, if we had to, we could bring Saka back in there. You know, the way we're playing now, we've got options. You know, with the inverted fullbacks. So if we had to, we could bring Smith Rowe back in there. You know, so. So I'm less worried about centre midfield. We've got Sambi as well. We've committed to El Nelly, whether you like it or not. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, I think we're okay there. But where I am worried, Andrew, I think we've got four forwards that are sprinting, intense, hardworking, pressing, aggressive forwards in Eddie, um, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus. And if one of them was to be out, I think we'd feel a little bit worried that we can't maintain the dynamics that those four offer, mm. right? And within that, not everyone's convinced about Eddie's level. He's convincing more and more people. So if I look at sustainability of how we play with the same dynamics, I think we need another sprinting wing forward that can play like them. Mm. So it's five for three positions. And I'd repurpose Smithrow into the midfield. And I'd make sure we have um, that, that real intensity and aggression Otherwise, I think if we do make changes in the forward area, we're then playing a different game. Mm. You know, if we bring Smith Rowe into that, I'm not sure the Smith Rowe and Martin thing is going to work for much longer. I think they're just different players in a different way. So we will mature how we play. There'll be another day when we don't want those forwards. But sure. for me, 
having five for three forwards is what I'm looking for, really. Right. Okay, it's interesting, you know, because we've had various uh, answers to this particular question and some people are looking for another centre forward. I would be more inclined to go with what you said, you know, another wide forward or certainly a forward that would, you know, if you need to um, provide cover for, for the central position because, you know, a little bit of a worry with only two players for that central position over the course of yeah. the season. But, you know, we know Gabriel Jesus can play wide if he needs to. Um, I don't think we are uh, going to want him to as as uh, as much as he did at Manchester City. But I would like another forward player. I just think another goal threat, another five to seven to eight assists in the team, just someone to give you that extra dynamic, particularly with the five subs this season where, you know, you really can make it uh, an impact from the bench. And I think what will be really interesting about this season is the manager who masters the five subs, whether that's just simply down to having more quality players but who can who can um, you know in the final twenty minutes of games really figure out how to, how to either turn the screw or turn a game around? You know is going to be closest to those two teams that everyone's looking to catch in Man City and Liverpool. Yeah, I totally agree. I think having a sustained presence, and I'll tell you why I feel like this, because we've all fallen in love with Gabriel Jesus, haven't we? And so as far as in our minds, he's playing every minute of every game, and he's never going to get tired, and he's never going to get injured, so we're okay. We're absolutely fine. So my the way my brain works, I think, okay, just say he has a knock on the knee and he misses two weeks. Do we have the same presence and authority in the top end of the pitch? And if we have to make a change from the bench, have we still got that? And I don't think we would have that. You know, I still think we're relying on the maturing Saka and Martinelli. And we are still getting comfortable with Eddie, and I think he'll do fine for an hour in any game. Mm. But he needs to be somebody else, and that's why that's what I feel. When you have those attacking options, I don't want to sound like a superb analysis here, but analyst here, but goals change games, don't they? Mm. You know, goals dictate the story of the game. We are sitting here going to play Thursday night football because the team that finished fourth have a couple of goal scores up top, and I don't think they're any really better than us. No way, you know, but on day, they've got guys who can just score the half chance. And I think over the preseason, we've seen Jesus score chances that we couldn't even mm. imagine scoring last year. Yeah, you know? true. The half chance taker, the goal out of nowhere. We're just standing there clapping, going, okay, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot what this feels like. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Where did that come from? Yeah. yeah, where did that come from? Where did he come from? He's moving around. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have to clean my glasses here. Say, am I seeing this correctly? <laughs> Who's that bloke moving around? Secondary runs, first runs, wearing the number nine. The What's this? This is crazy. <laughs> Following the ball. Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Honestly, I predicted it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we we're all suddenly tactical experts, and we've forgotten where we were. I think I saw a a team sheet of Mikel Arteta's first team sheet and. And one of about a couple of months ago, or maybe even against Chelsea in the in the warm up game, mm. I think it's like ten or eleven changes. It's just completely different, different dynamics, different system. And I, I often feel I giggle to myself as we as we all talk about it. But the person who's taught us all about this has been the manager, because he's built this team with such specifics that we all now speak to it so well and so clearly. Mm. Whereas a year ago, actually, a year ago now, we just got to Chelsea, the warm-up game, and I'm sure I was looking at Callum Chambers and Kalashnik and wondering 
which one of them is going to start in the first league game of the season. And that's how quickly it can change. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it has changed massively. Yeah. It really has. How much do you think, just before we get on the next question, how much do you think the World Cup is going to affect the season? Like, is it, uh, you know, everyone looks at Liverpool, everyone looks at Man City, and we know there's a big gap between them and everybody else. And that's the gap that yeah. we're trying to close and United are trying to close and West Ham are trying to close and that other lot whose name I won't mention, they're trying to close that gap. But, you know, is it possible that this season could be a bit helter-skelter because, like, nobody's ever done this before. There hasn't been an international tournament in the middle of a domestic league season. The build-up, the pre-games, the post-World Cup hangover, you know, Arsenal have some players who could potentially go all the way to the final, and that would be great for them and great for their country. But then when they come back, you're going, oof. You know, what what kind of shape are they going to be in? I remember Arsene Wenger talking about the World Cup in uh, 2014. Was it 2014 when Germany won the World Cup? Yeah, that's right. And, he, you know, he talked about the impact it had on players like Per Mertesacker, like Mesut Ozil, who went all the way, who won this tournament, and then kind of suffered a little bit of a like, well, I don't know if it was anticlimactic going into a new season. And this was like, they, they had their holidays, they came back, they're starting a new season, but it had an impact on them, according to Arsene Wenger. So how is that going to play out during a season? Really interesting. Well, firstly, that other lot, if you listen to the preseason rhetoric, I've already closed the gap with Man City. Oh, have they? I haven't been paying and any attention. Yeah, they're going to win the league, obviously, and they've got <laughs> Conte in there. And it's just it's just a, a foregone conclusion. Right. And secondly, I think what it does, the World Cup, what it does to me and what, does, what I think Arteta's focusing on is he's making sure he starts well. I think the first phase of the season is really important. How we accumulate points at this time is Absolutely mm. critical. Every point means more than it normally does because we are genuinely going into the land of the unknown. We have never done this before mm. with a world, Winter World Cup. We, we, we don't actually know how people are going to react. You know, we've got no idea. We can yeah. guess. You know, let's be honest, the last April's international break derailed our whole season. Mm. You know, we lost Kieran Tinney thereafter. We lost Thomas Partey, who came back for the Palace game and shouldn't have played. You know, really, and we lost him thereafter. We lost momentum during that period, and we players became tired. And I think it's a critical moment in the season. So, for me, do your business, make sure you prepare properly, which which we seem to have done. Mm. Accumulate points and sit yourself at the top end of the table, and then hopefully your positioning will drive your motivation for the second half of the season. Yeah, you know, so. I think the first game might be Boxing Day or something like that. So you come straight back into the Christmas period. So again, we all sort of know our first 11 at the moment, mm -hmm. but my brain always goes to the 11 below the 11. Yeah. And maybe this year it's going to be the ones who are not traveling and how we look after them because mm -hmm. they're going to have a significant role to play over Christmas, in my opinion. It will be fascinating to see how that plays out and, and how it impacts mm -hmm. you know, all the teams, but clearly the teams with the most players at the World Cup are the ones that are going to have to deal with more than you know, your, your bottom half of the table teams who are going to have you know, four or six weeks off if you like to recharge their yeah. batteries. And I think there'll be a lot of, you know, behind closed doors friendlies and, and those kinds of things going on to keep yeah. people in shape. Um, who is your pick for player of the season? Well, I'm going to be um, 
unique and different. And um, I'm gonna go for Jay. I'm gonna go for Jesus. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go for Jesus, but I, it, without even explaining it, I don't really need to. But there are a couple others which I feel could break out. Who my, who my eyes are on and. The difference in Martinelli since Jesus has come is significant. Mm. It, it really is, mate. It really is significant. And for the first time at the weekend, I've always felt we played like almost like a four diamond two with Lacazette pushing in, overloading midfield and having two young kids on the outside. Then the four diamond two with not a lot of central threat, you know, a lot of passing moves to get us into the box. At the weekend, I felt we had three forwards. They looked narrower. They rotated a lot more. Mm. We had three forwards. And that opens up so much more options, more goal-scoring threat. The team seemed to be cradled a little bit more by the fullbacks and supported rather than wrapped around, you know, all the way around, which left holes. So those three could just move and go where they liked. And it was an interesting evolution of our tactics, mate. It really was. And now I'm looking at them completely different, not as two wingers and a false nine, I'm looking at them as three fours and move about and go and get goals. And uh, yeah. it really stood out to me. It really did. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at Martinelli uh, for a breakthrough season here. I, do, mm. I like everybody. I think, you know, your, your star signing, your centre forward, the man who's probably going to score most of our goals or the most goals, I should say. Not yeah. most of our goals, but, but the most goals in the team is likely to be a player of the season. But I'm looking at Martinelli and I'm looking at the connection with Jesus and I'm looking at a guy who in his first season got into double figures and then you know has had to come through a few bits and pieces but he looks ready now and he looks hungry now and I think you know you're looking at double figures in goals and maybe double figures in assists for Martinelli as well uh, set piece delivery is really good so I think he could give him a, a bit of a run for his money finally then what about the expectations what is a reasonable expectation for this team based on what we've done this summer and where you think we should end up uh, at the end of this campaign well, for me, the, the we all knew that the goal was really minimum goal last year was top six. Mm-hmm. And at the start of the season, we were a bit edgy about that. During the season, our expectations went up a little bit to top four, and, and it didn't quite happen. Right? We derailed belatedly. Top four this year is the expectations. But I'm also looking above that. I'm thinking, how can we reduce those points differential to the top two per se? Mm. And there is a level of transition in the league this year. You know, there's... An, I know we've just seen the Charity Shield or Community Shield, whatever you call it, and they've got a couple of new shiny strikers with those two teams. Mm. Man City have made some sales, potentially going to be buying new players. Liverpool have had a couple of new sales. They're building a young team beneath the team. Mm-hmm. So their rotation will be interesting what happens this year. And Spurs can do no wrong, as we know. Um, <laughs> but um, I do think um, I do think there's a, there's a bit of transition in the league this year. Mm. Manchester United are going to transition a, a lot. So are Chelsea. And I feel that we have a level of um, stability, mm. stability around the club, stability in how we play, restating how we play. And I think it's those fundamentals are in the group now. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I'll be really interested to see where we go. You know, for me, it's the points. If, well, I think it was, I don't think it was 69 points last year. I think, if, can we get to mid to late 70s and see where that takes us? Mm. You know, it, it literally is that it's a points per game thing without wishing to sound like Scott <laughs> it's a points per game thing you know um, mm. and I want to see us go up the league that way and maybe compete a little bit better against the top two home and away I think there's opportunities there and with Manchester United particularly away stop playing the bars and play the teams 
because you're not a bad team yourself. And yeah. I think that would be the message to me. All right. Well, look, we'll see how it goes. No doubt we will talk again at some point in the season as things progress, as we're, you know, marching our way towards the title. Uh, I look forward to that. Thanks, uh, as always, Clive. Good to talk to you. I respected your time slot, mate. You're lucky. (laughs) Take care. Okay, my final guest on the Arscast this week, looking ahead to the new season. Delighted to welcome back. It's been a while since we've spoken to Dara O'Brien. Hi, Dara. Hello, how are you? Yes, it has been a while. It has been a while. How are you? Jet lagged a bit. You've been... uh... Yeah, I was at the Montreal Comedy Festival um, and where everyone was talking about Arsenal's preseason form. That was a big thing. Right. (laughs) All the American comics, you know, Amy Schumer, uh, (laughs) all these people, you know, John Mulaney, they're all, they couldn't, they were like, they'd come up to me in the bar, seek me out to go, look, what's happening? We're like a a gold machine, they would say. Uh, go, it's incredible, isn't it? It's just to change the movement. The movement, I would say. Uh, is incredible. I love the yeah. idea of that. Mark Maron sort of trying to figure out what yeah, the ball's absolutely. all about. Well, he wanted to dedicate three podcasts to it. So the, uh, <laughs> he bumped Barack Obama in order to just discuss what Smith Rose, where's Smith Rose going to get back in, he says. That's, uh, that's, the, uh, that's the key. All right. Well, look, um, how did you... How did you connect with the team last season? Because one of the things that that everybody sort of felt, I think, was like after those first three games and everything was like, uh, uh, it it got better and it got incrementally better. And there were things to really like about the way the team grew and everything else. And and I think more than anything, they just seemed like a really likable bunch of lads that's kind of easy to get behind. The the vibe in the stadium was unrecognizable from Mm. previous years. It It was like... And so it was like COVID had, had killed off the Wenger out people and they were gone, they were flown away. And so their seats have been replaced by fresh-faced people who only know Saka. And they are like, like we're in school with them or something and are all really excited to see him in the field. Like the, yeah. And so it was just really positive. I and mean, it's not been really positive for a long time. And actually, supportively so. The uh, rather than us, there was less of the ah, oh, we are we are entitled to this, and why aren't we getting it? Kind of a thing which has been around there for about ten years now. The uh, so it genuinely felt quite different as a as a vibe, and so um, it was it was it was quite joyous attending. Plus mm. the fact I discovered a quicker way of getting to the stadium, which makes the journey slightly faster. <laughs> and that so there's always a kind of a, I just you know, if I get a stop earlier and then I would do uh, cut through here. Um, and we also have I've started drinking in that um, that kind of weird uh, Che Guevara themed bar. Oh yeah, um, the cash only place. That's a good that's the cash good only place, which is yeah, insane. Yeah. To the yeah. extent that I had to, <laughs> at one stage with the Raiders, I had transfer money from my bank account into the waitress's bank account for her to lend us cash <laughs> to buy a drink. That is God bless Revolut. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. They, so, uh, so we, we we kept going there, like, and this uh, this old revolutionary man in a tiny hat, like, whatever would would greet us. And so uh, it just, but just, Jen, the vibe was was even though the, the last three games that was all kind of disappointing. All that, but mm. fifth from eighth, and much more than we we're expecting. And the just the kids are great. So it's like it's upbeat and fun, and it's and it's actually enjoyable to watch. But it does feel we have just stopped demanding that they be invincible. Sure. Uh, or and specifically the invincibles. And I just can just enjoy this for what this is. Yeah, it is a rebuild and and clearly it's it's being done with some strategy. We're going places, we're recruiting smartly and, and everything else. So when you think ahead to the new season, what 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 are you looking forward to most? 
Um, I, I suppose, look, I'm looking forward to the attack. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how those four, five, you know, six, mm. if we include Vieira. The, um, I'm looking forward to singing the Vieira song because <laughs> uh, he comes from Portugal. I mean, it's too, it's too handy. It's, it fits too nicely <laughs> as a thing. And he's going to be astonished when he runs out. Like he's injured at the moment. So it's going to be five weeks before he gets out or whatever. And, he, and he'll run out for 15 minutes in a, in a Carling Cup match. And 60,000 people start singing, singing his, his a song dedicated to him. I mean, somebody must have told him that you got like then so he doesn't walk out and go oh my yeah. god there was a i remember once there was a very funny um text or tweet that somebody sent uh who said look thanks to the lansdowne road crowd for the incredible ovation you gave me as i ran on today it was really appreciated and it was meant as a joke because he was the guy who came on for brian o'driscoll legendary irish rugby player as he as he substituted for the very last <laughs> match so this guy came on as his replacement <laughs> for five minutes and we're going, wow guys it's really great i mean i really appreciated the standing ovation when it came on <laughs> <laughs> you really love me. Yeah, it is an exciting attack though, isn't it? And and it is an exciting attack. I yeah. mean it's the extent that I'm see I have my my thing is Smith Rowe is my favorite. I mean don't me, I love them all. I love all my children equally. But the uh, but Smith Rowe is an engine because he I I feel he always does something. He always you know, and I know that he was off the pace slightly and injured in the second season, but he he, he makes stuff happen, mm. and you're kind of going, "Oh my God, this!" Hang on, how do we get? They all make stuff happen. How do we fit all these people in? Um, kind of a thing. And I just, I'm already worried that. Oh well, I hope he doesn't get impatient and doesn't get enough, doesn't feel he's not getting enough game time. <laughs> and just, you know, so so to go I'm worried else. with that because yeah. we have simply too many people. But that's a so, good yeah. that's a good thing to worry about, rather than like, yes. uh, why do we have to keep playing Willie and that kind of a that's a separate worry. No, absolutely. You know? I mean, I mean. How far? It's not that long since. Literally, is a year since we were doing that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, I, I note that I'm not having expecting the same fears about Pepe. That I'm going. Yeah. Oh, I hope Pepe doesn't get disappointed on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, although I, I quite, you know, something about his, you know, his little things, and you can bring him on to bamboozle somebody in a, in a match against, you know, Huddersfield in the uh, in the Carling Cup, and he'll be amazing. So, uh, but um, it's uh, it's it's genuinely really really. I mean, and I'm so glad that Eddie stepped up in the last few games as well, mm. uh, and got got the run and and started scoring goals like whatever. So it's it's good. It's it's, it's that we're we're tangibly better than we were at the end of last season, and that is is so much better than we were at the end of the season before. So, so yeah, keep that trajectory going is basically what yeah, you're saying. Here. That's yeah. that's science, isn't it? It is. That is how ballistics work. So uh, basically, <laughs> we're just going to keep on and up. And at no stage does us ever, does, ballistics has never seen, in the history of ballistics, we've never seen a trajectory tail off and come down again. That's that's not how cannonballs, rockets, anything like that work. You know, oh, once, you're, once you're headed, once you're going, you just keep going, just keep going straight up all the time. Up, up, up. I never heard the what goes up must come down. Saying, that's oh, not a phrase. That's no, not a commonly said phrase. Is there anything else you're looking for um, before the end of the um, season from a transfer the, perspective? The, look, I, I, look I, I think I'd like, I'd like to see Tielemans. The, mm. uh, I'm not sure exactly to what extent um, he's necessary again into that, into that team of where he goes. The um, I still remain in the okay. I, I'm Shaka, not Shaka. I I'm in that great. He's like the Schrodinger's cat. Um, <laughs> he's terrible, and then somebody shows you no. Actually, he's wonderful, uh, and actually he made more passes in that game than anyone has since recorded football began or whatever. And you go, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, but then he kicked somebody randomly got a yellow card in the 78 minutes like why was that like the yeah, so, but it was um, it was uh, so I'm not again I'm not entirely convinced by that thing but the but yeah the midfield possibly is 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 a bit like whatever that we do to make sure the, uh, that we, they were holding our shape because we were God bless El Nenny if he's called on a lot 
it looks solid, but like you know, the, yeah, it, you know, there's sure a, the there for the a ceiling floor metaphor to be made somewhere, and you know, about yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. The uh, it's grand Salabags, it seems you know, seems very exciting from what I've gathered. In, except there's like obviously, I'm watching the highlights, and by its nature, there are no highlights of Salaba, you know, yeah. doing anything because, yeah, yeah, he hasn't quite played yet. He's just, um, he's a very imposing looking guy, though, you know, he's six foot four serious looking guy like you wouldn't you know you wouldn't mess with him i don't think if you're a center forward you'd spend a lot of time winding him up you know the way ian wright used to just sort of sledge people throughout the the 90 minutes and you know all those famous stories about him you know uh, uh, rowing with steve bruce on the pitch and and everything else but saliba i don't think you'd i don't think you'd go there because he just looks like he'll he'll crush you Oh, excellent! I will. I'm so. I've watched that for so long. The, yeah, that's so great. Yeah, uh, it's lovely. And Tavares is gone. Yes, Tavares, a crazy, like played like Luke Reinhardt, like a, the dice man. That's how he used to play. He was like, <laughs> "Will I run? Will I stay four? I'll run." Uh, and they would go for it, like whatever. There was no logic to the choices he was making. And sometimes it was an absolutely brilliant choice, and sometimes it was like, "Oh, six, I've got to pass the ball to Mo Salah." Uh, the uh, that's, <laughs> that's what the dice have told me to do, and I'm going to do that, like whatever. So him as a random number generator, like the. Yeah. Uh, are we expecting to get him back, or is that a, is that a the quiet move out? Like I, I don't the, know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, he um, with Zinchenko there now, with Kieran Tierney there, he's got his work cut out, you know. And I think he's more of a yeah. wing back than a fullback, really. And we play with fullbacks, so I just, I just is have he, some. Is it the Abue thing? Is it like that? We're not sure. Is should how far forward he should be, or. I, I I don't quite know. I mean, clearly he is much better in the opposition half than the defensive yes. half. Yeah. There's no two ways. Like his strengths are are going forward, going on a incredible run, and then blasting the ball over the bar from 40 yards. And yes. I think there's only so many times in a season you can do that and retain the faith of a manager. That's just me. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. The, uh, I mean, it is it is sort of the fact that you now know that they've all been told don't do that. Don't ever do that. That's a ridiculous thing to do. Sure. It's like statistically highly likely this is going to lead to a goal. So never, ever. And then, so therefore, it just has to be sheer pig-headedness by Shaka, for example, to to take pot shots from 30 yards, like whatever, when literally he's been sat down and showed a chart of this doesn't work. Yeah. This is crazy. Why do you keep doing this? Like whatever. It's far better to make a little triangle yeah, exactly yeah. well to be fair he did get one against Man United last season from, from outside yeah, he, the box he does. and so. he got one against Man United absolutely occasionally it works it's the last thing to do <laughs> I was always told when I was playing forward in Gaelic football which is the first thing you do always the first thing you do if you're a full forward is just take a shot because as the man said the guy said this is a junior level it's like a low level the guy said keeper won't be expecting it first thing why would I even do that and repeatedly we just go quickly turn and hit a shot and the keeper like Jesus and then they'd be in the back of the net like well, this is taking down to a very low level of, of sure. athletic ability like but it still <laughs> thought it was a really interesting piece of psychology just immediately take a shot yeah they, uh, because it's literally the last thing they expect you to do they, uh, and then never take a shot again that's it I'm that's done. it you, the, yeah and the surprise is gone once you do it once yeah, yeah, but no, look, I'm, I'm fucking Odegaard with the with the twinkle toes kind of stuff, like whatever. Saka, mm-hmm. obviously, Martinelli. I'd like to see Martinelli get in on more goals. I'd like to see because yeah. he was it was he initially started. And he seemed to be a great finisher, and he seems to be very dedicated. I, you know that arc of young players where they appear and do amazing things. And you go, oh my god, it could be anything, and then they got to then they got to knuckle down and learn. Yeah, 
you know, they'll learn the process and learn the, the shapes, whatever. And that's always a slightly boring bit of them. And the twinkle of the star just disappears for a while. The ox is a perfect example of that. Then we throw in the ox initially. Yeah. And he was just racing with the ball all over the place, like whatever. And our shaman was grumpily watching him going, uh, and, you know, from the day, yeah. and he'd go off. And then he had to go and learn the thing. And it kind of never, after that, like whatever. And you're kind yeah. of going, why can't you just keep the young players just doing that? Just doing, you know. Young player stuff. Unexpected, like. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess they have to mature or they, you know, inevitably. That's science as well. Physical maturity. Human. Well, maturity. okay, yeah. 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 So. Look, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, like, I'm not mm. trapped by the um, the fact that the priest went as well as, as the link. If you watch the six goals against um, Seville, mm. the next video offered is us beating, uh, God, it was, it was Marseille or Monaco, 6-0 in the same match um, with Lacazette playing for them. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, uh, Leon, 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 yeah, Leon, and uh, us beating them six 0 and it being amazing, and oh look, and Ramsey and us and all these things like whatever, and we did nothing that year. Yeah. So let's not. Yeah, let's know, not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Crystal Palace will not be as excited by the shapes and movement, uh, and will be a little bit more direct. So I, so I, I, I suppose I'm in that. I bet I bet I'm the fifth person in the road to say this, which is it was great, but I'm expecting a crash on Friday. Um, well, no, nobody else said that, but I'm sure a lot of people are thinking it because, yeah, okay, you know, well, then you know, I'm, I'm, a yeah, I'm a comedian. I say the things people are afraid to say, uh, <laughs> which is, that, <laughs> you know, I work in an industry, I, I equal an opportunities offender, and I'm ready to say things that are, you're in your heart and know he's brave enough to say, which is, we might lose against Crystal Palace. We yeah. might lose 3-0 again against Crystal we Palace. We don't have a great track record there, but, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that, <laughs> that we, no, lessons might have been learned. Do not. No, no, no. Uh, are you, are you going to watch the All or Nothing? That's an interesting one. Um, I don't know. I don't know how interested I am in whiteboards and uh, and that's stuff. You know, I like I like the move. I like the playing. It's grand. I don't know how much of the soap opera. I mean, I have been. You know, I've, I, you know, I, there's been years where when I started attending, finally got to attend all of them. I really got into the whole thing and the new names of people coming up to younger teams and all that kind of stuff like that. Mm. But I'm not sure if there's too much. You know, behind the thing, and I'm and I dread not watching and going finding it a bit naff. You know, because that yeah. culture can be a bit naff. Yeah, uh, yeah, particularly as it is, um, it's sort of sculpted for the television audience as well, to an extent. And like, what goes out is what the club is happy to go out, of and, course, yeah. and everything yeah, else. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I've, I've watched a couple. I've watched a couple, and it's it's quite interesting. There's some interesting yeah. bits. There's some bits where you kind of go, but you know, that's just. That's just football. I think what we forget sometimes is that football and many of the people who work in football are kind of mental. You know, oh, yeah, a, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they've been living in a bubble for their entire yeah. lives. A totally weird existence. We find, like, over the years, when it comes to interviewing people or doing gigs in front of people or any mm. kind of thing, footballers are among the weirder people too because they don't, they haven't had a normal life and they, um, they just exist in this strange thing. I did a league of their own recently, um, which was, and there's three comedians. Can we pause this for one second? Yeah, yeah. That's a delivery. Yeah, no a problem. Delivery. Give me a second, all right? Give me a second. Yep. Dara O'Brien, doorbell music incoming.
the doorbell guy, the delivery guy from a, I think a Cardo Zoom was dropping some groceries out. Clocked it was me. Then I took the first tranche of them in, came back mm-hmm. out the next day and went, uh, sorry about mock of the week. Going. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. I was going to go, you know, there's always some gigs here. There's always some gigs. <laughs> always happens here. You know, people always need groceries. We do, you know. Can you ride a moped? Um, that'll be a handy skill to pick up right now for you. That'll be a good thing for you to wow. do. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, you were saying you were on a league of their own. I was on a league of their own. League of their own recently. Um, uh, as a, and it was there were so, some comedians, and then there was Micah Richards and Gary Neville and mm. and um, oh, Jamie. Gary Neville. Yeah. The uh, and it was funny because about halfway through, I remember looking across at Catherine Ryan and going, shrugging and going because we do we do comedian stuff whatever and the audience be going no I don't want to hear that I want to hear the footballers do yeah, their yeah, thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the footballers do their little banter there. they have their own universe of banter and that you, we were letting you sit into their universe of banter but actually the joke on this show is the, is the footballers slagging each other off and that's what we want to see and it's like I remember saying to the producer it's like it's good. It's a very solid piece of entertainment, but it's, it's, it, there's one joke, which is footballers slagging each other off, and he goes, it absolutely is. And you, if you come in here thinking, I'm going to do some clever, constructed, no, shut up. Yeah. Footballers allowed, and there's their own universe, their own like benign but very strange, unusual universe. So I, anytime I do gigs in front of them, I find myself going, why, you don't. Exist in the same world as the rest of us. No, I do remember one of the last. Well, one of the last times you talked was was um, on the podcast, which I'll tell you some years ago was the the Emiliano Viviano thing. um, Yes, where he bid on the chance to win a game play at the Emirates, which is brilliant. (laughs) It's very good and a goalkeeping masterclass in Wojciech Szczesny. Well, uh, times have changed. Times they have. They truly have. Yeah, uh, for all we've all moved on in in our lives. All right. The, um, so no, no. Look, I'm I'm upbeat. I can't wait to get back to see it. The uh, and I also know because of work, I won't get to see that many for the next while anyway. But it's genuinely upbeat, mm. um, and it's only pity others have also strengthened, um, and so that might be a, an issue with the. Uh, but you know, we're we're fun to watch yeah. now for the for the first time, and we're fun because we actually have relaxed ourselves about it. So, you know, I we think- can just enjoy it for what it is. The, the, the decision last in the, in the transfer window at the start of last season to go, right, we're just buying 22-year-olds. Yeah. And we're building something new. To actively go, right. That was, that was I think, the, I think the, big cut, the big change point. Yeah, no, I so think there's so. There's no David Luiz, there's no Williams. It's just, fine, we're just going to go with this. So let's just do this, lads. Yeah. And so we all then signed on to that immediately. Excuse <clears throat> me. That's it. I mean, that's it. And that's easier to get behind than signing some old guy from Chelsea, which, you know, is a hard sell at the best of times. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let me ask you one final question. Uh, give me your pick for player of the season. Um, I think Cedric's really going to change people's <laughs> minds this year. The F. <laughs> ah, God, but he'll crack in a, a 25 yarder at some stage yeah. when, when everyone's ill, uh, when COVID <laughs> strikes again. The, uh, I, you know, Martinelli. Let's, uh, let's try Martinelli. Okay. The, uh, because he's done, yeah, he's he's, do, he's learning the process. And I think, you know, obviously, look, obviously Saka, um, Jesus, look, if he carries on this form, it would be ridiculous. But I think Martinelli's been quietly going to, okay. you know, uh, not quietly, Martinelli's amazing. Yeah. I wish Klopp would stop going on about how amazing it is. It's really irritating every time he goes to Liverpool. He goes, yeah, oh, yeah. that guy Martinelli's amazing. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. We know what Shut you're up. doing. We know what you're doing. Yeah, stop it. I see what you're doing, Mr. Destabilizer. He's very happy here. Yeah. Let's wrap him in uh, bubble wrap and, and leave him be like whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, Martinelli. Yeah, okay. So. That's a good one. Okay. Well, listen, brilliant to talk to you as always. Uh, enjoy I'd the like. new season. And uh, hopefully we'll, ch- uh, we'll catch up soon.
We will. Come on. I can put my groceries away now. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed to all of my guests. You can follow them on Twitter as follows. Andrew is at A. Allen Sport. Amy at Amy Lawrence 71. Art DeRoche is at Art DeRoche. Clive at Clive PAFC. And Dara is at Dara O'Brien. So... That's it for this particular episode. We are playing Friday night. That means James and I will record an Arsecast Extra for you on Sunday. It's too big of a gap between Friday and Monday. So we will do the Arsecast Extra on Sunday, looking back on everything that happens uh, at Selhurst Park on Friday night. If you want more, you can get it over on Patreon. We do a preview podcast for every Premier League game. We'll be doing them for the Europa League games as well. Myself and Lewis Ambrose will be looking ahead to the Palace game. And I'll be chatting to Dan from HLTCO, the Crystal Palace podcast, as well, to get some uh, insight from their side of things before we play this game. Let's keep everything crossed. We get the season off to a good start. The kits are good. The squad is good. The fans are good. Everyone's feeling okay. And let's hope the three points is the order of the day or the order of the evening when we play tomorrow night. For now, thank you very much, as always, for being here. Thank you for listening. And we will catch you on the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Arsenal Football Club today announced their participation in a new documentary entitled Keeping Up With The Cronkies. The show will follow the exploits of Stanley and Joshington Cronkey over the course of a Premier League season. A spokesperson for the Cronkies said, You don't want to miss the episode where Josh marries Kanye West. The show will be available on Arsenal Player sometime in the next decade.